Hi, so this is another uh, conversation with Tim Freak and myself, Don Garland, in Glastonbury. So, welcome. Um, hi, so... Yeah, so... I was going to talk about first the... I get a sense that there's, in the, like in the non-dual community, a kind of aversion to a cosmology. The idea of that, um, on the basis that I've heard people say that it's unknowable, therefore why are you interested in something that's unknowable? I don't know if you've any thoughts on that. I, I really resist the idea that anything is unknowable more than anything else. I mean, the whole of life is pretty damn mysterious. Uh -huh. So to to take something and go, oh, we just can't know that, that, that I, don't, I, I don't, why would you not try? And we may not succeed or we may move towards it in some way. That feels really important to me. And also, these are fundamental ideas. So by cosmology, do you mean like the origins of the universe or? Yeah, just the, I guess, the origins of the universe and the way, well, in your case, where it's going mm -hmm. and... Yeah, the whole metaphysics as well as... Well, I think there's a, there's a certain strand of non-duality which sees anything like that as irrelevant. It's just like it's an illusion. We're just here now, and that's <laughs> it. So if you take that point of view, well, then most things really <laughs> don't matter. But if you take the point of view of looking at the night sky in the evening and going, what the hell is this we're in? Then I can't think of anything more interesting than to go, okay, so... Where does it come from? And then if we can understand that, where does it seem to be going? So I would say, for me, the fundamental the fundamental idea, let's just go in a bit deep straight away and then we're done. The fundamental idea that, that, is, that, that, that feels enormous to me is what if this process we're in, which is the forming of novelty. Every moment is different. Every mm -hmm. moment is different. What if existence is that? So that we're in a process of forming. Uh -huh. So there's a, there's a ground to reality. There's something that everything's got in common. But it's not a form, because the forms are all different. So there's a formless, let's call it being, uh -huh. which everything has got in common which is, I and mean, you can imagine it, for me, I imagine it like a field of being, like a, like a field like in physics, which is being informed and f therefore forming into everything. So if you take that with the modern idea that the whole universe has evolved, uh -huh. then you've got this incredible picture that what existence is, is this f forming, the becoming, in which something new is constantly arriving from what's already formed. Now, that really explains what's happening right now, I think. It explains where it's come from. It fits with the findings of biology and then with physics, as that everything is evolutionary. It doesn't feel like of no consequence to me. It feels like of immense consequence in how we understand our relationship with it, because we're part of that forming. And we can project it, we can go right to the edge of it and go, well, where's the leading edge of that forming? Uh -huh. And I would say the big idea which led me to my Lost Book Soul story, and which is motivating everything I'm doing, I've done in the years since. Which, you know, if true, and we'll see, but, it, you know, but if true, feels of, of huge significance in the way that we view things, is to say, 
<coughs> that forming has gone further than biology. It's not like it didn't just go to biology and then this funny side effect we call the psyche, but actually has arisen as a whole domain of psyche or soul. Yeah. And so there's an and which we experience as imaginal, full of images. And that is a that's a um, an ecology just as much as biology has arisen as an ecology, or indeed physics, where it's everything is relating with everything else on that level, everything relates with everything else on the biological level, and then you've got psyche. And we're connected there as well. It's not just like a, a subjective aspect of the brain or something. It's actually a whole level of reality. And that's what I've been exploring, I think, all my life, in spirituality, with psychedelics, everything. I think it's what, what people experience when they die, what people are describing in near-death experiences. Once you get that, and this is what really excites me, we've given straight into it all, but this is what really makes me think, look, this gets me up in the morning, <coughs> is if we can understand that, then suddenly we can understand the whole of existence in one naturalistic flow of forming. Right. There's nothing supernatural. Everything is the one naturalistic process. But within that, we've included physics, biology, and spirituality in one unfolding thing. And you and I are in all of that. We're physical, we're biological, and we're soul, we're psyche. And that changes everything. So the idea that somehow it's like, well, who knows? It's like, well, you yeah, don't yeah. know. But if you see it in this way, suddenly you're in a completely different universe to then if you just dismiss it or see it in a different way. And, and you're also, because you've got this uh, concept of <coughs> like causal narrativity yeah. as well, which I find fascinating, so that like, the universe is knowing itself as like a, like a story in a sense, like, and that's experiential psychic events and synchronicities. Absolutely, like, because if you've got, see that again, it's like, it's like, this is where it feels like if this is a, this could be a revolutionary view, because it includes these things which are currently outside the scientific narrative and puts them within one narrative of forming. So, if you look at the psyche, things are connected in psyche in a different way. In the physical realm, things connect causally, often through proximity, uh -huh. something, so there's some sort of physical connection. In the psyche, they connect through meaning. Yeah. Or, or story, narrative. So, if I say elephant to you, it will connect with whatever ideas you associate with elephant or when you saw an elephant when you were a kid, or whatever it is. Uh -huh. It's narrative. So I would say the universe has evolved from the sort of informational level you see in quantum physics, and, and, in, and even before that, into the physical universe, into the biological universe, into the imaginal realm. Mm -hmm. And the imaginal realm is, is narrative, and they're all interacting. So literally... It sounds provocative, but literally, the universe has evolved into a story. Mm -hmm. And we're living that. <coughs> and the story level is affecting the physical and biological levels, just as the biological levels are affecting the story level. It's happening right now. So when I meet you and you arrived, it's like, oh, Dawn, how are you? What have you been doing? How, it's yeah, story. Yeah. That's where we interact, with story. And that's affecting it. And I think that's what causes the magic that we experience, in, in, especially in, if, you're, if you study it. If you, if, or if you, let me say, if you focus on it, it becomes more magical synchronicities. And yeah, I love the way you called it. You said about 
you know, the criticism of magic is wishful thinking, and that's exactly, exactly what, what it is. But I love the fact that a non-duality story is, you know, kind of dismissed so much, and it's like showing the kind of power in that as well, you know, in the, in the individual. I think there's two things there, which is, I mean, one is, I mean, I, I do despair a bit of how everything human gets dismissed. Yeah. Because the idea of dismissing the story of my daughter is just heartbreaking mm -hmm. to just go, oh, that's a story. But there's also, there's the actual story of, of your life, and then there's the story you tell about the story. Yeah. So <clears throat> we can always improve our understanding of the story, which is the way we tell it, even our memories are ways we understand the past, nearly always. So we can always improve that, and, and you can tell bad stories. Like people can have really negative views of their life, which are unbalanced, which is, well, psychotherapy, I think, don't you think? Helps yeah. with that. It's like, see if you can understand. But there's a story there, you're understanding. It's not anything, and it's not nothing, for sure. It's something real, and something that matters. Yeah. And, and it's your past forming. So to fit, to fit that more... A human element in with the more grandiose thing I was talking about earlier. If everything is this flow of forming in which the new is constantly arriving from the past mm -hmm. and conditioned by it, created from it, then so are you and so am I. Uh -huh. So the story of Dawn, which is what? The story of this psychobiological system in relationship with the whole universe on all the levels that you exist. Yeah. You, your story or your your life, let's call it, is everything that's ever happened in that relationship. And then right now you can understand it, misunderstand it. I mean, or if you get, you know, if you get to my ripe old age, I'm sitting there looking back on my life with new eyes as I get older and re-understanding it and going, oh, wow, I, I see it so differently now. But it's there. It's who I, it's who I am. I am yeah, that. I get that. And there's... There's still like a non-duality in some of the groups, a real aversion to therapy as if it's kind of pointless. So there's a lot of people stuck and there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot of repression going on and doubt and yeah, it's, it's dangerous. I mean, it's a real, it's got a real negative effect. And so I've, some of my clients have been through that and are kind of also recovering from that, I, recovering I, their story. I like, can remember when I, so this is what, 25 years ago or more. I can remember when I was starting when I started having those no self experiences, uh -huh. and the what's the right word for it the kind of um, arrogance that came with it. Yeah. It, and there was it wasn't a very long period for me, but there was a short period where it felt like oh that those people are still. They're still dealing with the psyche. They're still dealing oh, right. with the, the individual self. And once you see this, all of that's just irrelevant and finished and you've just gone beyond all of it. Mm. And in the actual pocket of experience, it is a bit like that. Yeah. And, and, and is, there's some validity to that. But also, as you grow wiser, you realise, no, no, that is a mistake. But also, m maybe there is a period, like, you know, directly after the shift... For me, like, I suppose because the mind wasn't there. Like, I mean, just, it was actually quite difficult 
to think about story, I suppose. But but no, it's not. You know, it's it's good to have both. Definitely. I I, I, I think that's that's probably right. Dawn for lots of people, and I think it was for me, but it didn't not not, not for a very long period. It was it was quite short. Uh-huh. Is that you you when something shifts in the evolutionary process, and you suddenly find yourself in a different perspective, you've seen something you haven't seen before. Often the previous one um, becomes dismissed, and then later you reintegrate it. Yeah. You come back to it and go, no, 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 I was wrong. I need to integrate that as well. Are you, I mean. Do, kind of the same I mean I feel like the maturation process is the thing we're in when we're kids and it just carries on and you can see it with kids can't you it's like the worst thing is where you you know I'm eight how dare you treat <laughs> yeah, me yeah. like I was seven <laughs> it's like like that you know yeah, it's a yeah. bit like and then the older person still goes oh they'll integrate all of that it'll be fine yeah and it's exciting as well moving on isn't it I mean you you said you so ten about ten years ago you um wanted to understand it in a conceptual way, you know, through the metaphysics and what you're doing now, but before that you, you didn't? So Less so. I mean, okay. I've always had that thread, but my focus was experiential. Mm-hmm. My focus was love, really, and, and that sense of oneness that gives rise to love. It still is. But, and, I've, and I have tried to understand it. I mean, my, my 20 years ago, my, what I wanted to do was to try and state... A version. It's not non. It wasn't quite non-duality because it was all the, the individual self was always important to me, but it was a both-and paralogical understanding based on the dream metaphor, so that um, you were both the dreamer and the dream character, and both were significant. And, and and I wanted to try and say that as clearly as I could. And then when I did, it was only a matter of a few years before it started to unravel, and I right. realised ah, this is what's wrong with it. And and then really, I think it was the idea. It was. It was the it was the moment of going. What if, of kind of saying what I said before, but you know, what if. Everything that has form, is part of one process of forming. Whether that form is, an idea. A sock, a number, anything. Right. Anything at all which has any particularity of form. Uh-huh. It's all part of one evolutionary forming, including God, everything. And that idea just was like so exciting. And then I started to follow it, and things started falling into place. And then I followed it some more, and I pushed it really hard. And the harder I pushed it, the stronger it got. And that's been going on for 10 or more years now. The harder I push it, and I really do push it, it feels like more and more makes sense. So it. If it were to turn out to be true, it's a it's an enormous idea, as significant as any of the most enormous ideas I've ever come across through the history of ideas. And maybe it's not. Maybe it's maybe it'll t- maybe maybe the idea I'm following, you know, is like a, one of those crazy thoughts that somebody has, and turns out to be no, no, that's not it. But it's enough to have pulled me in and go. You should follow this, Tim, because this is beautiful and really has explanatory power and puts you in a very positive relationship with existence. So that's pretty good. Yeah, so it's like that whole thing of the combination problem, like we're sentience is coming together to form something greater. You've just kind of extended that then to souls. Like, is it like that? Like the whole thing of the communion of souls? Like, it's just. The thing of the communion of souls is just going, look. If, if if there's a process, if the, if we take the, the lowest 
um, the, the, let's call it the foundational level of reality. Uh-huh. It looks from physics at the moment like we need to think of that as information. Now, there's all sorts of problems with what that means, but it's in the digital age, we can have an idea of what that might mean. And that information is then creating these informational systems on the level of physics and then of biology, uh-huh. and then on the level of psyche. And so the big addition is going, and that's a whole domain. And if you, you do spiritual practice, you take ayahuasca, you meditate, you die you will discover just how vast it is out there and it's its own domain it's not a subjective thing it's objective and subjective just yeah. like this is it's interactive it's narrative it's affecting this world it's you know it's not just the the psyche is far more than just you talking to yourself yeah it's okay. much 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 bigger so once you've got that then that opened up the possibility for me then the question was okay so what is it that i experience when I've been having this experience since a kid, actually, which feels like I'm touching something greater than me. Yeah. Is that an illusion? Maybe. But it doesn't feel like it. It feels like the most real thing I know. So let's, let's assume it's not an illusion and see what, what it could be. Uh-huh. And that's when I started going, okay, so maybe that thing that I have called God, for want of a better name, that sense of a greater being or a greater mind or something very loving, something which is one with the universe, maybe that has also evolved. But it's the most evolved it's the most evolved level. There's something greater than the human psyche here. Mm-hmm. And that led to the possibility, which I find really intriguing and, and is working for me at the moment, which is that so what about then, just as we know that this vast complex of Tim is made of single cells mm-hmm. and that originally for you know for a long period of billions of years there was just single cells was all, and then they somehow they yeah. got together and started making more and more complex organisms until there's a someone like Tim so what if psyches or souls are doing the same thing they're coming into communion with each other and they're individual mm-hmm. but they're also forming collectives and then coming in to form something greater than themselves, of which each one is a part. And what if that experience we have of oneness, those spiritual experiences that like when you said they're just blissful and you're like, whoa, what just happened to me? And you know, everything changes, is when is the experience of entering into that communion. We enter that communion mm-hmm. and then we are part of something greater and that feels utterly, utterly amazing. So in that way we're forming God through our own spiritual awakening. Right, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. It was also um, you mentioned in an interview with Sonia about uh, you feel a personal connection to Jung yes. and others, and you asked Sonia if he thought Jung still existed in this psychic space, but you never answered that. Like so, <laughs> I was just <laughs> I was just curious. Yes, I did. All right, hey. Um, yes, I do. Can and, and and I think. Um, uh, I, I I do think we it, I, I I imagine it. This is the way that you know it's an imaginal realm, so it seems fine to use imagination to understand it, um, like a, a network of of psyches. But, but, but it's not that much of a jump, really. It's going look, you know, we live in a biological network of organisms, mm-hmm. and none of them exist on their own. They all exist within an ecosystem, and that so does the psyche or the soul. So that we're forming collectives, and I think we form collectives now, 
So we're connected to all the people we know and love or work with or whatever it is. We have different connections. And people's books we've read, we're connected with, and da da da, da and all of that. So we form this network of collectives, and sometimes they, get, they go very close. So I think there's a connection. When you make a connection with somebody like Carl Jung, you're connected. Right, okay. But it's just a sort of sense of that? Like yeah, it, yeah. yeah no, okay. I mean, you know, well, you know, dreams and things from time have, to time. Oh, right, you've had dreams with Jung in the party? Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. Any water share? Well, nothing, nothing, no, no, okay. nothing like like no, nothing which would would be more than oh, Tim had a, t a dream in which Jung appeared and said things to him, and 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 they were significant at the time. Um, I'm not for a moment there claiming, yeah, Carl came and visited me, uh -huh. although I'm not ruling that out either. I'm open about that, um, but certainly there, I think the mere fact, like you know, I'll have a dream about my daughter. Uh -huh. because she is part of, I'm connected to her in my psyche. And so my, my sense is that we're connected in those sort of ways. So, yeah, I, and, I feel Carl around and, and you know, he's been Uncle Carl to me for years. That's really nice. Yeah, I feel, I feel the same with, I feel like my life was saved by a dream, by an author. Oh. Henry Miller, like, okay. that I'd never heard of when actually, because I used to be suicidal, um, it was on a day that I was going to kill myself. I woke up after he introduced himself to me, etc. I'm not, I'm not going into the dream, but basically I'd never heard of him. He looked like Henry Miller with the, you know, the hat, the spectacles, blah, 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 on the beach and whatever, give me this mission, whatever. But I woke up in a bliss state and the idea like killing myself was just so far away. So that's yeah, well, that's amazing. That's beautiful. That's quite something. Yeah, it happened on the anniversary of his death as well. Oh, which was interesting. Wow. So, yeah. How long had he been dead? Uh, gosh, I'm not I'm sure when he died. Eighty four or something. Wow. Um, so it was it was a while, but yeah. just yeah. So I always wonder. You see, my my attitude towards all of this is to because I take the existence of that realm very seriously. Uh -huh. I just open. I feel like we're just beginning. It's like maybe, or maybe you know we don't know how it functions. We should just be open and follow the leads, and so not naive. Yeah. You know, not just go. Oh well, you know, cautious and and questioning, deeply questioning, but also open. Yeah. Because we don't know yet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it, but it's very it's intriguing though, isn't it? It's like, oh ooh. no, it's fascinating. Yeah. It's exciting. And what's so interesting is that it feels like with anything in, in, in life is what you pay attention to becomes vivid. And that's the nature of consciousness. So consciousness is processing things in high definition makes it vivid. So you're vivid to me right now. Yeah. And what's behind me isn't. But I could do if I turned around and had a look at it or I could if I think about it even. Yeah. So it's the power of attention, huge, which means that people who don't pay attention to this realm do think of it simply as imagining talking to themselves. I think that's all there's to it. Yeah. And maybe a few weird dreams, which just they don't think about. If, on the other hand, especially if, like, many people, me and many of my friends, you've paid it, you pay it deep attention from a very early age, yeah. you, it becomes very vivid, and you start being in awe of it and, and finding it very strange and interesting. But this person over here may have done that with physics, and they know all about this. But that seems like nonsense yeah. and it's where you just place your attention and so that's why that's why I love the idea 
that if if we if if the different communities could see this one vision whereby everything is the same thing, then this conversation between these different groups would start being able to happen. Yeah, that makes sense. And I, and I had this thought. I've, I've never said this because this just came to me the other day, and I thought, God, is that true? I'll just try it on you. I don't know if it's true. Right. But it occurred to me. I thought, hmm. I my my intuition, for what it's worth, it's only that is that at some point in the future if some if something like what I'm exploring were to be true and accepted I think it would be the end of religion and personally I don't think that would be a bad thing because science would replace religion because people go for what is better yeah may not do it straight away but sooner or later they go for what is better but science can't replace religion until it can actually adequately deal with the spiritual level of reality. Because okay. it is a level of reality. The long as it just denies the existence of this level of reality, it can never do what it needs to do, which is now sweep away mythic religion and go, OK, that was a, that was a phase, we're done with that now. And open up this one understanding which incorpor incorporates all of the levels of human experience. So if it were to be able to do that, I think it, it would take human culture generally forward in the most massive way. I mean, it's got to eventually anyway. I think so. It seems very stuck, and like you were saying, all the, the evidence from NDEs as well, like, there's a lot of people still don't take that seriously, but... I mean, that, that, my guess is, again, if this, um, if, if some way of connecting them into one vision can be established, and, and I'm trying to do that, then suddenly there will be real, like, yeah, w w w we should take this seriously. What is this? Hang on mm -hmm. a minute. And then everything, which all of these, you know, there's a lot of fruity nonsense in spirituality, we, you know, a huge, most of it. But there's also a lot of really profound things, and it's where human beings find meaning, where they find their deepest experiences. Suddenly all of that becomes... Not let's look at it to reduce it to some brain effect, but actually this is the most emergent level of reality. Yeah. It's all been heading. Well, I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying heading as in it had a plan or anything. But it, this is where it has arrived, and this is what's unfolding now. And and it in, and once you get that, it impacts everything. It impacts how you live together. It impacts politics. It impacts morality. It impacts everything. Yeah, so it's so grounded your approach, isn't it, in using the metaphysics and everything? It's just it's just so straightforward. It takes all the kind of supernatural, yeah, it's woo woo kind of thing. It just one naturalistic that. process. Like it's, yeah, it's and you need the same levels of discernment, more in fact, with spiritual experience that you do when you're studying biology or physics or chemistry or anything. You need to be careful, discern, think carefully, doubt your ideas but know that you're exploring something real. Yeah. I was wondering, just, I know I mentioned NDEs before, but it was just, you know, because you studied, or you wrote about how they evolved from, like, the halls of, the feasting halls of Valhalla to cities and, I don't know, greater architecture, et cetera, et cetera. But there still seem to be polarised into heaven and hell experiences, which haven't, evolved in terms of, you know, 
psychologically speaking like it's so so I would say that my that two things one is that it doesn't surprise me that the things that people describe in the afterlife mm -hmm. have evolved with life yeah. because it's imaginal yeah yeah and and so the things that matter you know if you're a viking warrior you're not that much worried about love and goodness you're worried about honor and being someone who when you come home has brought in a whole load of slaves and a lot of booty and right. you know, and so there's a very different psyche to what we've got today so the experiences that people are describing in the imaginal fit that now for those that want to dismiss this level it's just like well it's just all made up isn't it but the other option is no 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 it's actually an evolving level of reality uh -huh. and then if you think about your well you've just done it haven't you you've just said look i was suicidal uh -huh. and then i was blissful yeah. So you went from heaven to hell in a few moments, in a, in a dream. But not literal. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, like, the, and they're literally in hell. Well, now imagine uh -huh. that bliss and that hellish state, uh -huh. just you haven't got any sensory input from a body. But the sensory experience is still there, isn't it? I mean, you Well, it is for you. It was for you, because you were still alive. But if you were dead then your system would con continue to experience, couldn't experience the biological level, but your system would continue to experience the imaginal level. Mm. So the possibility of it being a hellish experience or a heavenly experience uh -huh. continues. And that's what you get with the Tibetan idea of the bardos. And yeah, what, yeah, yeah. Most people, there is an overwhelming majority, is it's a very pleasant experience. But like dreams at night, you know, they can move between nightmares and wish fulfilling. And yeah, fair so enough. I, I think that... I would imagine it more like that. Like, well, we know already the psyche moves between those states. That's what I'm trying to say. So no surprise. It oh, right, okay. So that's how you would see it then. And it is something like, I think 17% are negative experiences, but off that, something like 6% are hell. It's about like very small. But right, yeah, yeah. Still, it's not that yeah. good. Yeah, and, 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 and also it's like, if you, if you look at the repertoire of the imaginal, in the imagination, you can see that if someone was going to... It wouldn't surprise you if you had a dream about hell and it carried archetypal hellish imagery. Because uh -huh. that's what's in us. Yeah, okay. So that's what will be evoked. And um, it looks like, you know, you can, you can have that experience. But, I mean, it's, I think it's important to see that as something temporary. It's just like a, like a bad dream is temporary, which you've got to come round from. Well, it's, yeah, I suppose less... That's not a reassuring that two minutes of like cardiac arrest where you're right, you can have ninety years or two thousand years of hell or something. Yeah. Because of the way time is in those experiences, I suppose. Well, that's true too. But I mean, I mean, I I have no idea. That's that's the truth. I have no idea. And and I haven't met anyone who does yet. Well, you can pray your way out. It seems to work for some people. Or think of the light. It's funny. There, there's there's something my my faith is that and I think that is the right word mm -hmm. comes from that experience of the light of, of, of that super psyche of that, that, that greater being which does feel so redeeming that I think you know that makes me feel like you know it's okay it's okay and the great thing about the imaginal is that whilst you know, the imagination and the narrative can have a little bit of an effect on this, but it's quite difficult, slow. Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, if we want to do something here, if you imagine doing something, it takes a while to do it. Yeah, yeah. But in the imagination, it's instant. Yeah, that's, that's right. 
yeah, you can. So it feels like dream, you can just change. Yeah, things can just be transformed. Yeah. So that's that's optimistic. Yeah. No, have you? I don't know. I think I've experienced both. I suppose heaven and hell. I right. Mean, right. So. I think I mean not necessarily to the extremes that you obviously have done, but I think most people. You know, that's what the psyche is like. Yeah. And also experience of the shift. I mean, I mean, I, I describe it as heaven on earth. It, it just seemed like that. It looked like that. <laughs> it felt like that. Yeah, it's just... But, yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Heaven's got more colours. <laughs> oh, that's a lovely line. I love that. Heaven's got more colours. It's certainly got brighter colours. Yeah. Hasn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean... Just like you've been there too. Great, yeah. <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> I didn't meet anyone though. Maybe you met. <laughs> oh, it's I'd like to have met Jesus or something. <laughs> yeah, you you mentioned um, you mentioned your father's enormous soul presence. I yeah. you, just in the book, and I just wondered that's when he was passing. I mean. What was your experience of that? It, the, the experience was the contrast, because my dad was, in some ways, a difficult guy, uh-huh. and as he got older, um, he'd been drinking more, uh-huh. and he actually stopped in his eighties, which was amazing, to which I find incredibly inspirational. But but he had been difficult, so he felt small in some ways mm-hmm. and then when he passed he felt enormous and 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 honest to god since he's died it's probably how long is it now it's more than 10 years still most weeks sometimes most days i am in a re i'm re i'm adjusting my relationship with him okay all the time because it's it's i'm able to now Partly because I can see him much more clearly. I don't just see my vision of my dad. I feel something bigger. Right. And partly because I've got older and a bit wiser. Oh. And, and I'm a bit, a bit embarrassed about my past. But it's partly because when I connect with him, he's a big presence. You know, And I don't mean bigger than anyone else. I just mean that I'm able to connect with more of his soul than I could um, at the time although I did connect with him I don't want to give the impression I didn't I really did I right really did okay I just wondered have you had that because you worked around death did, I did. did you have that experience when anyone was passing were you yes I think I think it was true I think it's, tr- it's true with everyone I've been around that, right that, that some there's an that that when the when the 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 psyche, that that level of reality, becomes freed uh-huh. from its connection with. Uh, freed sounds like the body's a negative thing. Let's not say freed. Let's say becomes independent, totally independent of the body, because the body part of the system fails. Uh-huh. Then it becomes more vivid. It becomes more than. It's a bit like you know, if you, if I look at my imagination now, it's not very vivid. You know, it's a little bit of, I could imagine a little bit of talking to myself, thinking, uh-huh. and I could, you know, visualise a few things, sort of. But when I dream at night, and I let go of all my bodily uh, attention onto the senses, it could be really vivid. You know, and sometimes so vivid it blows your mind. Same in meditation. So, 
if you've got no senses at all, not surprisingly, that becomes very vivid. Yeah, that so, makes sense. So, there, so I think the, the, the soul after death, the experience they're having of the imaginal, is far more vivid than anything we're experiencing in life. So in that way, it's bigger for them. And you can sense that. Yeah, you can sense okay. the bigness of their imaginal experience and touch into that. Okay, because it's an interesting phenomenon with hospice workers. Um, there are a few of them, aren't there? They, they seem to know when someone's going to pass. and Yeah. It's interesting. Anyway. It is. Yeah, I think th 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 because we've cut ourselves off socially from death, I uh -huh. think we, that, you know, as we move forward, there's obviously things we lose as well, and that might be one of them. But we haven't got that sense of because people don't die as much. I mean, obviously everyone dies, so it's 100%, but, <laughs> but, 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 but you, you don't, you know, you're not, you're not finding two or three of your siblings have died and your mum died in childbirth. and All of that's not happening yeah, as much, okay. thank goodness. So you're not around it in the same way until, you reach a, until you're older and then you start noticing that people are dropping all around you and then you realise yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what's coming. That's probably a bit. Um, yeah, I was just thinking that like Gary Lackman when you were. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, talking about Colin Wilson. Yeah, I used to like his books. I didn't read all of them, but I read a few. But just not uh, the Outsider. Yeah. Nah. He, he said he influenced you. They were not altogether positive. But yeah, it's probably the same with everybody who read the Outsider. You know, it's like that. Um, I don't know. Do you want to elaborate on that? Oh, just say, because like, I think, I mean, the, <coughs> I mean, I, I loved it. I mean, it's a long time ago that uh -huh. I read it, and it was lovely to meet him. And, and, and funny also, because it felt like you know, he'd done so much since, and yet still people were coming up to him as we were walking in the street going, thanks for the outsider. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> something he wrote when he was really young. And it's like, oh, that, that must be odd. Um, but I think just that, the outsider. So I have felt throughout the whole of my life like an outsider because the culture I happen to be born into um, is not really interested in the things I'm interested in. So were you isolated with that then? Uh, outside but not isolated. I've always found that I found people around me who, or maybe my own passion would, would stimulate people around me to start exploring these things with me so I've never felt on my own with it. I've always had deep friends, and, and I've had friends I've travelled with since I was in my teens, and it first started, and I'm still travelling with them now. Was that from university? No, way before. Oh, okay. Yeah, before university. I've gone from university as well, but from, you know, Peter Gandhi, who I wrote numbers of books with, and I see regularly, uh -huh. and we've been having one conversation all the time. I mean, I met him when I was 12. Oh, my God. And, wow. um, you know, so he's been around the journey my journey and I've been on his journey. Oh, that's really lucky. You know, and there's other people like that too. So I've, ne but 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 he was also outside. Right. Okay. So, and and it was also a popular meme. Is that the right thing? You know, at the time there was that kind of alternative culture thing of being alternative, not in the main culture. So the culture that looked like everyone was interested in trivia uh -huh. to me. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. You know, making a money and having a house, and it was like, well, I'll do all that when I know what this is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, first, before we do all of that, what the fuck is this? And what should I do with it? And does it matter? And what's life for? And what's those big experiences I keep having? 
that blow my mind. What's that? So that's what I focused on. All right. So you've always had people that challenge you, like, I mean, people like Sonia and stuff you met at uni as yeah. well. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I guess we sort, sort each other out right. and recognised it in each other. And um, yeah, not, not all, you know, in that odd way in which people, like Miss Sonia, I mean, he was, he is now the leading expert on Jung in the world, I would say, and, and, and has actually given us the Red Book, which was a book that no one thought they'd ever get of Jung's real deep own journey. And, um, and he was like that at university. I don't know right. why. Why was this intelligent Indian student obsessed with Carl Jung? <laughs> <laughs> but he was. <laughs> oh. So, oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, this is another one I just was thinking of like because of my own ambivalence to it like if if you or something you knew was going to a therapist would you go to an awake one or not because <laughs> initially I would have said yeah go to if, if you're awake go to an awake therapist I mean it depends what you mean by awake okay someone who's experienced at least had a glimpse of oneness or yeah I mean I, I mean I I would like that if I was going to see a therapist, but what I'm really looking for is somebody who can ha, is has a. The, the, my worry always with spirituality is that people have closed systems. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was kind of. So any form of spirituality, it's not just with spirituality, it could also be with different scientific disciplines. Anyone who's got a closed system, to me, it's like I'm. I'm. It concerns me. I'm definitely looking for people that have got open, open ideational systems. They're, yeah, they're, okay. They've got a view, but it's always open to something better. They're always seeing new possibilities. That's what I can connect with, and I want someone who's like that. Yeah, because I was wondering about that because some of the, you know, some of the closed non-duality, yeah. some of the speakers. I think God, I wouldn't want someone who's <laughs> telling me that my stories are. But you get a I mean, lot of closed. What I what looked to me like closed systems. Yeah. In areas like non-duality, you, you definitely do, and that to me it's like one of the most important things because we're the evolution of the psyche is the evolution of how we ideate. It's how we discern what everything is, how we imagine things to be, if you like, mm -hmm. and so having an open system of doing that is absolutely imperative. Uh huh. It's hugely important, and yeah. I, I, I really like people who've got open systems I, I, and, and I really want to sort of detonate closed systems <laughs> you know, I'm telling the truth I just want to go come on open it up open it up yeah. and doubt does it that's why doubt is the key because doubt allows you to hold up ideas and go is that right and if you can do that with your own ideas then you'll really evolve quickly but how rare is that I mean in your own experience I mean it's quite rare that isn't it for people to question their ideas because you you said that I think there was, was the interview with Ken Wilber or something he was talking about I don't know Wittgenstein's Tractatus and you said something about the fact that he challenged himself you said anyone who can question themselves that deeply I remember you saying that but you never finished the sentence but I guess it was something like anybody who can question themselves that deeply deeply it's probably worth looking into because I think that's so. what you do, isn't it? And I, I, but I never guessed that. It, I, you know, it was ironic. 
Dawn for exactly that reason, because I've always felt that about Wittgenstein. I mean, not, I mean, he did two distinct philosophies, neither of which, both of which are interesting, neither of which are particularly important to me now. But the fact that he was able to articulate something that clearly and then undo, undo it completely, and then in my own sweet little way, I've just ended up doing exactly the same thing. I feel like my Tractatus was Lucid Living, uh -huh. this little tight, taut book of, which is like the Tractatus is yeah. very, very different. But but it's my and then from that has come. Oh no, no, that's completely wrong. As soon as I got it that clear, I could come back to it and go, and a whole new thing emerge. And I did. I have always admired him for that. So I do think that that's is inspirational that we can do that. And people do do it, but it's hard. I mean, I'm still uncovering ideas I have that I haven't questioned. Right. I haven't felt I needed to, and then I have needed to. And that's happening now. I, I, you know, there's elements in my own way of thinking which I think have been naive, and which I find hard to see. You know, okay. I, I, I'm not very, I, some people are prone to cynicism. I'm not prone to cynicism. I'm prone to naivety. That's my weakness. Okay. So, you know, I can't I can't see ideas which are like, oh, that's not that's not enough, is it? It's not good enough. So, I, I think it's an ongoing process. That's what I'm saying. And you work from the inside out, you say? Like, so you don't really read anymore, do you? And I primarily, I mean, I do read and I do listen to people talk and I do have conversations and people I'm taking input all the time, but primarily, in these in these creative periods which I've been in for the last six, seven years, it's better if I just keep doing it for myself because I don't want it to get... Because well, I'm building a structure and of ideas and I don't want it to be unduly pushed in the wrong direction from the outside so that I can then... And once it's built, then I can go, OK, what do you make of this? Mm -hmm. And I can compare it to what other people have done. That's just the way I work. Other people I know just, they're constant. But the problem with doing that, and I see it a lot, it's a great, it's not a problem. It's great that they do this, but they will take in all this stuff and then when I read them, I'm reading all these other people. So they've, they've right. stopped me having to bother reading all these other people because they're telling me all these other people. But also I'm sitting there the whole time going, yeah, but what are you saying? Right. Why are you telling me what these other people are saying? Because they've obviously, and, and they're, and so, well, I, I can just like this. I'm pulling together and synthesizing all of these other people's thoughts. Whereas I'm not like that. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. I, I have I to just follow that. my own thing and then go, hey, I've got this. Is this of any use to you? Something more like that. Yeah. And I was, initially I was sort of thinking, are you pan psychist or whatever? But you're pan, it's pan subjectivism, isn't it? So yeah, so, what, so, so the pan psychic thing, which has kind of got more popular, is well, I mean, it means soul in everything. So it's the idea that <coughs> that 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 you have a subjective element and an objective element, and that uh, that goes all the way down. So there's a kind of a proto psyche in molecules, uh -huh. which seems extremely implausible to me. What I do, what I'm the way I see it, is much simpler. It's just going look, this one thing is arising as all these individual systems and they're all in relationship with each other. So everything's relational. So it's not that it's got an inner aspect or a hidden soul or anything like that. It's simply the molecule is in relationship with other molecules. A plant is in relationship with other plants. Okay. 
it's, it's just relationship. That's all it is. Everything is relational. It only exists in relationship. And that relationship will become a relationship whereby I can read the world with my senses, and I can focus in and make the senses conscious, and then I can, from those sensory experiences, have evolved an imaginal realm which is made of images of sensory experience. And that, again, is relational. So everything is. So the whole panpsychic thing just disappears. Okay. <laughs> it's just relationality. So what I'm, so this is what I'd like to get across, and I want to get better at it. I want to go look. What I've got is a whole, is quite a sophisticated, intricate philosophy, because it needs to be. But the essence could not be simpler. It's going look. Everything is one process of forming, uh-huh. and that is, and that process of forming is the one thing in relationship with itself. Right. And it's just gone through all of these levels and has now reached the level of psyche or soul. And that's it. It's like, that's the essential thing I'm saying. And everything else comes from that, comes from that understanding. And then we can interpret our biological and physical and all of that, but for me, the interest is spiritual. So I can now go, all right, so that experience of oneness is when I'm in relationship with the universe and I focus on what makes it one. Uh-huh. which is being. And I focus on being, and I go, oh, everything's different, and I'm different to everything, except everything's one being. And that's, when I focus on that, not necessarily in those words, but when that happens, suddenly, I'm aware that I am everything. Arising yeah. as tin. And then, that's amazing. Right. Or when I focus on the imaginal realm, and I, and I focus then on, What's the most emergent aspect of the imaginal realm? There is something greater than me. So I'm touching then this communion of souls or a super psyche or God, whatever name you give to it. And I focus on that. Oh, and that's what that is. Okay. And then when I explore this realm in deep dreams or I I look at near-death, oh, that's what that is. That's that's the, the psyche experiencing that realm but without the biological. Okay, so that makes sense. And then when magical things happen, it's because that world of narrative is affecting the world of physics mm-hmm. because that happens all the time. I mean, I'm affecting my body now. My psyche is making my hand go up and down. Yeah, yeah. That, so everything is interacting with itself. And then so from that very simple thing of, look, everything is forming. Everything is a new moment forming on the basis of the last moment. And... Everything is that one thing in relationship with itself as all these different systems, including me and you. That will end up giving you a whole different experience of, uh, of life and of spirituality. That sort of, you know, you, you talk about the genius, but you know the way Jung understood it is like having a voice is like a sign of vocation. That's the way he got it. I mean, some people in your interviews, who was the one? Was David? Who was the one in the Origins of Life guy? But he talked about having the voice as well. Like, I think there were a couple. Do you see it in terms of that as well? Like related to vocation. I think there's a. I think there's a. You know. Life is very complex. I've been trying to focus it down on some simple structural understandings, but it's obviously very complex. So my sense is that it is plausible 
if you understand it in the right way. The, the idea of reincarnation is what I want to talk about. The idea of reincarnation, if understood in the wrong way, is the least plausible idea I can think of. It just seems crazy, ridiculous. Right. But if you understand it in a different way, in the way that I explore in Soul Story, I don't think it is. Suddenly it's like, oh, maybe that is plausible. And not so completely wild and crazy. And if you've got that, then when I said I experienced my father as bigger, yeah. it's because I'm experiencing a bigger... I'm not, I'm not limited to the view of John Freak. Yeah, I'm yeah. aware that John Freak is also going back and back and back and is much more than that. So if that's true, then that's, all, that's in you and me now. So there's a part of your psyche, your soul, your your deep soul, your daemon or your genius, which is that, which is more than dawn. But is it like the the more, or does it work in, in your mind, does it work like the more incarnations you have, the more, I think you said something like that, the more in touch you would be with your genius daemon? Um, or not. I, 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 don't know. I don't know if Sorry. I did say that, no, okay. but I, I, mean, I, I do forget the things I say sometimes. But I do think, I do think right. obviously, you're made of your past. Yeah. So right okay. now you're made of the past of Dawn, but maybe you're made of the past of more than Dawn. So um, it's survived. I mean, some, 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 you know, like, so we, there is a kind of trajectory, like, beyond death, that somehow, because you are the way you are, it's going to be a follow-on somehow like your next incarnation date, well maybe. yeah I, I, it seems plausible to me that that, that, that it's, that's certainly worthy of giving some time to that idea because yeah. and the reason I probably one of the reasons I have it I don't have I've had lots of past life memories and things like that but nothing that I would go that's definitely not just a fantasy uh-huh. um, and I've studied them and there's been time and I've seen a lot of manipulation bad manipulation around past lives you know I've seen you before you know we met again <laughs> oh yes just joined my cult <laughs> yeah all right yeah you know I've seen a lot of that so I'm very suspicious yeah. of all of that um really it's suspicious. a bit of a line as well it is it? oh yes yeah there's also that as well you probably had that more than <laughs> yeah. it's a good it's a good line I've never, never used it myself but it is good so um but I don't know, there's something about, some, a bit like the synchronicities thing, like, for instance, my connection with Peter Gandhi. Uh-huh. I don't know, it's just something about it, it just feels like we've known each other for a very long time, and it's always been there. Now, that could be just a fantasy that we have, it's not important to us, it's not like we're carrying it around as some sort of, like, defining idea uh-huh. remotely, but probably if you pushed us, we'd both go, yeah, probably. And that, and that sense in which certain as- things that happen in mm-hmm. your life can have that feeling of like the voice telling you you need to do that. Yeah. Like there's a, a guiding thread. So I, once you understand, once you, once you can get what seems like an outrageous idea that life has evolved into narrative, a bit like, you know, if you, look at, if you looked at a computer game, life isn't a computer game, but if you use that, as a rough analogy, uh-huh. you can see these different levels of it, and on one level it's all you know ones and zeros and quite mechanical, but on the top level it's a narrative. Yeah, we're okay. interacting with a narrative, and they're all interacting with each other. All those levels are interacting. Once you get that, that oh, that's happened to life. It's literally become a dream. It's become a narrative. It's become a story. Then 
all those things you can start to understand them in a new, new way because it becomes like, ah, oh, this is the latest level of, of emergence and it's having an effect. So you can, I think that, that voice of the deep self saying, that's what you should do, that's your thing, can be that. And okay. I think those meetings with people, which are really significant, can be that. Yeah, okay. So it's like a, it's a bit cheesy, that term, soul family. I was thinking of Peter Gandhi. But yeah, 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 it makes some sort of sense. Well, it's like, like, it's like so much of this is like it becomes cheesy and slightly ridiculous because the context it's often, often used in, and I've done this when I was younger, for sure. It's romanticised, it's not questioned, it's uh -huh. just... It's, it becomes something you believe because it sounds nice all of that so once you once you tighten up your thinking all of that looks a bit crazy but the, but what I'm drawn back to is that yeah but inside of it is something deep don't throw away the baby with bathwater yeah, it's like there's okay. something there that, 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 that is deep and I think often you, you know it so there is a kind of soul family or there is a deep soul yeah connection. it makes sense to me it does <laughs> and, and again, with this understanding, Dorian, what I like about it is it enables me to, to catch it in terms where I can actually go, and I don't mean it's a soul family, whatever that is, I can go, ah, and what I would mean by that is you are in connection, like you are now, with psyches, in the ecology of psyche. Yeah, okay. And, and there's some which you've got connection with in this life, and there may be connections you made in previous lives, and you're still connected with because of that and they still feature for you so you can actually do you start to develop an idea of what that might actually mean so it's not just like an airy fairy term it, you can begin, begin to it's only the beginning to, to put it in some context how did you experience I mean you're <laughs> I don't know <laughs> how did you experience your past life did that just the past life experiences <coughs> then just bubble up or did they um, I had, one was, there was, um, oh, someone who I got to know reasonably well, I spoke with various co the conference he did, and his name is going to escape me. He's dead now. Mm -hmm. He could be reincarnated for all I know, because that's what his thing was. He was, st he was deleting past life regressions. He was one of the people who really started that off. So I did some stuff with him, which mm -hmm. was interesting. And I, when I was much, much younger, so 18, 19, 20, I was really focused on studying white magic occultism uh -huh. and when my attention was on that all of these sort of experiences would happen a lot because I was encouraging that oh yeah you, you were describing some of them in one of your videos they were really far-fetched weren't they that was really extreme it's like wow like, uh, yeah and that's really only half of them and because some of them uh -huh. are so extreme I don't even mention them because it just feels like I'll just make myself look an idiot oh no that's um, so so yeah there, I'm, or, there's a lot there which which if you put your attention on it all sorts of strange things happen oh okay yeah. so they but like I said because of the nature of what I was experiencing you know the, the thing about the imagination is this imagination so so if, if, if the imagination needs to be treated as not just something subjective, but also objective, in uh -huh. the sense that you are also connecting with other souls, not just within yourself, the ability to discern when it is within the, the soul, mm -hmm. you know, if, if it's the same sort of difference between I'm speaking to myself, and I'm speaking to you, uh -huh. and I can tell the difference, but in the imaginal, 
it's a bit harder okay. to, to yeah, tell yeah, the yeah. difference. And and so it would be like with the, with the young thing. You know, it would be easy to go, oh, Jung came to me in a dream, of course, I just imagined that. And it would also be easy to go, Jung came to me in a dream, and it really was Carl Jung. And oh, it's yeah. like, well, yeah. let's not jump to either of those conclusions. Right. Let's actually, let's, because, you know, you'd have to be pretty good to be able to discern which was which, actually. Okay. So I, I feel like often I don't know. So with the past life recall, I'm open, but there's nothing which was so convincing. I went, no, no, that's definitely a past life. Not, Is there not any, for me. any of these experiences, like, you know, your experience with meeting your mother yeah. like is, is there a certainty so, so, that, so that has a, that would be that would be for me much more uh, much more um, much stronger experiences than my past life recall okay but so, so that was like that was a big experience for me if you know the difference between yeah, I do. You go, yeah yeah yeah, yeah sure. that was interesting but I don't know what to make of it whereas that just blew me away yeah still, still could interpret it in different ways okay but it blew me away so but still you wouldn't say with Certainty. It would just. I find it hard to say anything with certainty. Yeah. Okay. It's just it's just that interesting thing that people come back from NDS, and one of the criteria is certainty. You know, for people, they they always say they're certain it was real. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you ask me that, I would say it was real. But a real experience, rather than. <laughs> but if you've if you've developed the ability to doubt this experience, yeah, let alone an imaginal one, do you see what I mean? Okay, it's like, you yeah, know, yeah, sure. Right. You, <laughs> yeah. Then, then you realise that, that that any experience, there's many ways of interpreting it. Yeah, no, I, I get that. And it's that, the ability so. which we, to see. So with an NDE, there's all sorts of ways of interpreting that. So, so even though you're, you're certain you had it, you're certain it felt absolutely real. Uh-huh. Those are all really significant. And and my guess is, we should take them on face value. That's my guess. Yeah. But. Yeah. That still well, could, I, it could be wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got that. Too. <laughs> 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 you know, that's that's the open system. Yeah. The open system. It, it's always open. It feels healthy, doesn't it? It does. It's really important. It's a, it's a, the development of the open system has what is what has created all the good things in modern culture. Because whilst we were stuck in closed systems, well, look, when I said that, I think religion should be swept away. I don't really mean that necessarily in in an absolute sense. I just mean the closed mythic systems that we lived in, and which still large swathes of the world do. Mm-hmm. Those, we need to go beyond that. Yeah, and it's the yeah, closed I systems. That. I mean, it could also be a closed Maoist system, which is atheistic. Yeah, it's, clo- it's the it's the closed system that's the problem. That's the biggest problem. All right. Because it can't because it can't look at itself. Yeah, it can't reflect. It can't okay. reflect on itself. If you have a closed system, you can't reflect on your ideas. Mm-hmm. You can only see with them. Once you once you can reflect on your ideas, there's the possibility of seeing it in a different way. And once you do that. Then your 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 soul is literally moved to another level because it can look at itself, mm-hmm. and everyone can do that to some degree. But the more we can do that, the 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 deeper the soul comes, and and the more you can, the more quickly it can evolve. That's a, that's been my experience. I'm still learning how to do it, though. To be honest, oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really am. You know, I just I'd like to get better and better at it. 
Shall we leave it there? Or like, yeah. You know, yeah. Just, I have no idea how long this is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Ouch. It's freaking freezing. Okay, so it's this one. <laughs>